Hello, hello, and welcome to the Bellingham Real Estate Podcast. I'm Paul Balzotti. I'm here with Peter Roberts. Welcome, Peter. Hello, Paul. Hey, and today we're talking about foreclosures, bank REOs. We're going to cover everything you know, your history in the business, but we're also going to cover tips for people that are considering buying a foreclosure that they want to be able to search and find foreclosures, cautionary tales of kind of things you need to know. So we're going to cover a lot. So let's start out by talking about you, Peter. So we've been working together for almost 20 years because I've been, well, I guess 19 years. That's true. And how, but how long have you been in the business? Well, Paul, I've been selling local locally for 35 years. 35 years. So you got 35 years in the business. You're also, you have a very amazing background here. You got your former president of the Realtor Association, your president of the Eldridge Neighborhood. Say that it, Eldridge Society for History and Preservation. Thank you for saying that for me. <laughs> and um, and so you you know you're a Columbia Eldridge neighborhood specialist too um, in Bellingham, and but you're you've probably sold more REO bank owned homes in Whatcom County than any anyone indi any individual yes. any individual agent. Um, if I can say so myself, I might be second or third or fourth somewhere in there. You, you, you could be. I, I've yeah. sold in Whatcom, Skagit, San Juan Island, and Snohomish counties in REOs in my 29 years in REO. Yeah, so you you've sold hundreds, literally, literally, and um, hundreds of these homes. And and you, so you're 35 years in the business. You've been in the REO part of it for about 29 years. Um, you still sell resale homes as well. Yeah, absolutely, um, listing broker, no yeah. question about it. Yeah, but. You're definitely an expert on the topic, so let's get right into it. So tell us why, or tell me, I should say, um, what got you into your you're selling homes for six years. How do you stumble upon becoming a bank REO broker? Well, it was uh, like many things in life. I got a phone call, and uh, the uh, person on the end of the phone worked for MGIC, which is a private mortgage insurance company, okay. and they said, would you do a BPO for us? And of course, I said, well, what's a BPO? <laughs> and she said, well, it's a broker price opinion. I, go, I can do that. So that's how it started for me. And uh, over the years, I've developed to basically be an expert in uh, bank-owned properties. Yeah, and broker price opinions. Um, for those that don't know, it's it's essentially a, an appraisal. An appraisal, yeah. a cheap appraisal. It's That's a cheap appraisal. So they're paying you fifty bucks, hundred dollars to do an appraisal on the play on the home. Um, You're more generous than they yeah. are, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> and and by the way, yeah, maybe tw at that time it was probably twenty yeah. to forty dollars. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and um, but by the way, um, and this is toot your horn a little bit more and then we'll get into the good stuff for the foreclosures but um when you do hundreds of broker uh, price i've opinions, done over 350 in a year yeah yes. what happens is you get really good at and appraising what homes the value yeah of houses are. That's because true. you have to you have to figure out how to make adjustments and most realtors you know between you know you have to know what functional utility means and you have to know all these appraisal terms and so um, becoming a bank-owned property, uh, bank-owned realtor is a whole Paul, thing. It is a skill set, and few people own that skill set. That's true. In, indeed, indeed. And so let's let's kind of define what? what what this all is. So there's pre-foreclosures, there's bank REOs. What what is the definition of a foreclosure? Well, a foreclosure is any home that is in default. Yeah. So when you're in pre-foreclosure, you get what's called a notice of default. Mm 
It happens after being 30 days late on a payment, and they send you a letter. And so that's the pre-foreclosure. But the definition of foreclosure, it's basically a process. Mm -hmm. So it starts with the pre-foreclosure and the notice, and it ends with the bank entity being a lender or a physical bank owning the property. And so it's a it's a rather long process. Yeah, and and as when they assign you to the property, they're assigning you oftentimes before it's even foreclosed. Absolutely. So it's in pre-foreclosure. Yeah. You're essentially becoming the property manager then. I am the eyes and the ears of the lender, yes. Yeah, and so you t the property goes into foreclosure, you get assigned. Um, it's in pre-foreclosure now um, at the point where it forecloses. So that how long does that usually take? Well, in the state of Washington, if you're late on a payment, it's 90 days plus one day and the bank can take your house. Okay. So but that's not it's a fairly it's a fast process, but that doesn't usually happen until lots of other things have happened. There's lots of uh, potential uh, answers and solving of your problem. Well, one thing that I didn't mention, the notice of default goes out only about 15% uh, ever mm -hmm. actually make it to foreclosure. 85% of the people who get that notice figure out and solve their own problems. So that's, that's an important note because in a, in a bit, we're going to cover different websites that, that list foreclosures and even foreclosure.com and on Zillow, you'll see if you click on foreclosure, it's usually listing pre-foreclosures. Pre which means they've been laid on a payment, right. which may or may not mean anything. Right. Exactly. So they could be just refinancing. In the middle of refinancing, you could be driving by thinking you're going to get their house for $100,000. It's a $500,000 house. And so it's very misleading. It, well, it's deliberately ads. misleading because Zillow is an advertising company and they're looking for business. And, and so this is foreclosure.com. Absolutely. And, yeah. and so this is why it's really important to deal with a reputable real estate broker. Sure. It certainly is. And so, so when it does go back to the bank, the the owner, if they're still there, um, you're involved in that process too, right? Right. In, in, the, in the kind of behind the scenes, once the foreclosure happens, the rules change quite a bit. As a renter, you have a lot of rights. Mm. But as a homeowner that's been foreclosed, you have very few rights. As a matter of fact, the only right that I'm aware of is you have 20 days to vacate, period. And if you don't, then the, then the sheriff's showing up. And so what I do, and many uh, REO specialists, and let's define REO, by the way. Yes. It's a term we use. It means real estate owned. Yep. Okay. So basically the lender, whether it be a bank or a non-bank lender, mm -hmm. um, has taken back possession. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand the, the, the loans are sold all the time. Yeah. But when a foreclosure happens, it always goes back to the beginning. Whoever made the original loan is the one who's kind of stuck with the foreclosure ah. process. And that's where the private mortgage insurance comes in. And anybody who puts less than 20% down has got to have private mortgage insurance. So they have a, a big say in all of this as well. But so we, 
once it's been foreclosed, we try to get them out. We offer them a little thing called cash for keys. Yep. And uh, so basically we buy them out of the house. And if we can't, then you have to use the eviction process, the legal process. Most people have plenty of time to figure out what to do because this process is usually six months or longer. Even though it can happen quicker, it's almost always at least six months to a year. And so, and if you, and if a, and if a buyer came to you um, at that point after it's foreclosed and said, hey, I want to write an offer directly to the bank, they will not do that, right? Well, I, no, the, the person can write the offer because that's the law. Right. And I can attempt to uh, get it to them, but because they're the seller, they make the call, they will not accept it. Yeah. So what most banks or, and lending institutions are doing is they're using websites or portals to upload these offers so that they're much more neutral. Right. And if the portal doesn't accept an offer, you can't submit it. It's really pretty simple. That's a good point. Right. And so, and explain that why banks use asset managers. And people don't may not even realize that because they'll see U.S. Bank or Bank of America. Right. But The original but, lender. On the, they'll see that on the um, tax rolls on the tax whatever. rolls when when it forecloses, and that might even be the seller technically, but that's not who you're working with as the bank. Correct, because REO broker. The law does not allow banks to directly sell real estate. Just like a real estate agent cannot sell stocks, and a stockbroker cannot sell houses. There's a you know divisions between those three. Uh, entities. And so banks or lending institutions hire what's called servicers. There are about 1,500 of them in the United States, but really about 10 do most of the business. Mm. And they hire realtors and appraisers and workers and all those people to do the things that happen to REOs. Sure. Okay. And now, now it's foreclosed. You're about to list it. Uh, where can buyers find homes that are bank owned online? Well, the really good news is if you have a great relationship with a realtor in your neighborhood, they have access to the MLS and almost all REOs are listed either in the MLS or on an auction site, which is a public site, which you can search. So these are the two main ways they sell these non-performing assets. So that's easy way, but there's websites, You've got um, HUD.com. HUD.gov. HUD.gov. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. yeah. HUD.gov. Yeah. You've got uh, um, all your local real estate agents have access to the MLS. Yep. You've got, uh, what's our Well, there's Fannie Mae. Yeah, there's Fannie Mae. Yeah, Fannie Mae.homepath. It's either homepath.fannimae.com or it's homepath.com for Fannie Mae. And then I think VA probably has a, a, a right. site too. And, and, then, and if you want to get really technical, you drive by and the house looks really bad, you can just use your local uh, assessor's uh, uh, site, and it will list on there that they've had a pre uh, they've had a foreclosure or they're in uh, notice of default. Yeah, which can give you an idea. But the banks do not sell properties on nickels on the dime or nickels on the dollar anymore no they, they really they're morally obligated to get fair market value or as close as they can but fair market value might still be a, a pretty good deal because if the house is in bad condition they almost all are yeah partly because 
people who lose their homes in foreclosure generally don't have extra money to take care of things. And so almost all uh, foreclosed houses have hidden latent defects, undiscovered, mm-hmm. um, maybe hidden, maybe uh, maybe obvious. They're everything from mild fixers to major fixers quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one foreclosure. There was a river running through the basement <laughs> that I discovered. Not a, not just some water, but an no, actual, no, it was an actual, actual real river. Nice. A, a defined creek was running <laughs> underneath the house. <laughs> anyway, so, so you know, so you ne- you never know there. So, uh, well, let me ask you this though. So, well, I, I actually, what I want to not ask you but mention is, you said the MLS. Correct. Well. People think that heard you say that. I think, well, yeah, of course, I understand. You can check the MLS. Well, I think an important thing to note is when you're looking on the on Windermere.com or Remax.com or Realtor.com or JohnAllScott.com, most of those websites don't have a tab specifically for bank owned. Correct. And and that we have an additional field that we can we can check Search. on the MLS. And, right. and so you your agent can can specifically set up search. A, a search only for bank owned hundred percent. And and there is websites that yeah that we're aware of we mentioned um we mentioned those there's also auction websites um that can be helpful as far as getting a beat on some of these but ultimately as you're saying, most of the time, 95% of the time, really, it has to be listed um, to really be able to write an offer. And I think most people don't understand that. that that's true. Because in the old days, you know, it's uh, how dad taught you to negotiate. You know, yeah. hit him hard, hit him low, and see yeah. what they do. Yeah. Well, if you did that to a, a seller in today's market, they're not even going to talk to you. Sure. Uh, REO agents are much more uh, thick-skinned, and they're used to getting uh, kind of low low offers yeah. and multiple low offers. So they're looking for the best uh, that they can do in recovering losses. Yeah. So, you know, if you decide you want to try to buy one, there's a whole lot of things that you probably should be aware of. That the One of the complicated things, and we didn't really discuss this, but a lot of people are worried about other problems with foreclosures. Mm. When a bank is foreclosed on a deed of trust, yeah. all other liens except for tax liens go away. Now, the original borrower is stuck with those, but the new buyer gets a clean title report based on the uh, foreclosure. That's really important. You get a clean title. Yeah, when you, you do. buy a foreclosed property. In fact, I I've been involved in, and I know you have too. Where this is probably the only caveat to that, but it still speaks to your point: is that sometimes something will get caught, but then when they go they go to resell it, now it gets caught at that point because the title insurance there's still a title insurance policy, and then so there's been occasional times where there'll be a huge delay in closing because the bank didn't really. Didn't handle there, everything There was properly. an unrecorded uh, construction lien, right. That uh, uh, magically appears. So, so there's, so there's, there's, there's definitely a risk of of things not going clouds in the timeline. On, clouds on title. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a risk of there being a a, a delay in closing because um, if they didn't catch it the first time, but. Are you going to close on it with issues and title? Very unlikely because they should have caught it the first time. If they didn't, they're going to catch it when. That's why I have title insurance. Yeah, yes. <laughs> when yes. you go to buy, <laughs> and so um, 
Also, why don't we touch on auctions? So there's auction.com. I forget there's a, is it Marshall and Hudson or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Hudson, Marshall, yeah. and there's a couple others, William and Williams. Yeah. Uh, I've been involved in all of those yeah. uh, websites. Because you can use an agent. Absolutely. You can use your realtor that you have a relationship and there's no, with. I don't know of any negative reason. There's, I, I don't think they look at the offer any different if there's an agent involved. No, they don't because yeah. it's already uh, built into yeah. the, the offer price. The, the issue with... Um, auctions are usually the individual making the offer must be pre-qualified or have cash sure so you do not want to make offers and hope you can get qualified because mm -hmm. you're going to lose your earnest money also another unique aspect of auctions uh, on foreclosed properties is there's always a buyer premium and that premium is paid in cash in addition to whatever your offer is. And it's usually anywhere between three to 6%. So you need to factor that in. It has nothing to do with the realtor commission. It has to do with the auction house commission, yeah. actually. <laughs> so, and, and a lot of times they'll auction them off occupied. And so you've, you're stuck with getting the person out of the yeah. property as well. Yeah. But all of that means you should get a better price. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and you, you hope for a better price, but a lot of times the auction websites, you know, I, I've had several buyers. You never buyers. get to get in them. You don't even get to get inside them, sight well, unseen. Yeah, sight unseen. And the the prices that they're listing, of course, it'll say starting oh, at 100000 and then it ends Just up like being, eBay. Yeah. You know, most people who buy on eBay actually paid more than you could have gotten in a Walmart. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> because they have a, they'll end up having a reserve price right. that they're setting. And so it'll say starting at $100,000, you will bid. And then you might even be the high bidder at 160000 but the reserve's you not You did mad. not hit the reserve. And the reserve is usually within a few percent of the market value anyway. Well, maybe not, maybe not quite that, but maybe no, within... No, it, it's, it's, it's still it's, decent. It's, it's somewhere between 80 and 90% of fair market okay, value. Okay, okay. That's the, yeah. the normal... But then you add range. in the premium that you mentioned. Absolutely. Um, so there's some risk there, but, um, but we've... We should also say that we both have had a lot of clients make a lot of money buying REO properties too. <laughs> as I as I, as I mentioned earlier, of all the REOs I've sold, I have never seen anyone not make money yeah. on a resale on an REO because there's always a large upside of equity in a REO because they're generally um, in marginal condition to some degree, and everything you do adds value. Yeah. And therefore, over time, they're valuable. Uh, you know, the only issue I think with flipping, which is buying, fixing, and selling, is uh, a bank appraisal requires notification if it's been bought or sold within one year mm. of the current appraisal. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it does have to be mentioned. Yeah, sure. So, what other tips would you have for somebody who they're writing an offer on a foreclosure? Um, they're, you know, they do have the ability, you can do an inspection contingency, but uh, just like with a lot of other, um, properties right now, if, if something happens to come up in this very hot market, you know, some people are waiving inspection. What's your, what, what, do you have any buyer beware well, well, there or what? Number one is I, I personally cannot recommend anybody buying a, uh, a bank owned property without doing some form of an inspection because they all have something they're hiding. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
But if you choose to waive your inspection, that you're you're taking on that risk, and hopefully you're getting a a good price for it. But you also want to do your uh, what's it going to be worth when I'm done? You're doing an assessment there. You want to also get uh, bids that you can get whatever roof bids, painting bids, carpet bids prior to making your offer, so you're more realistic in what is it going to cost to make this property a livable property, and. Um, you know, a lot of it is sweat equity. Uh, you know, it's kind of like buying a fixer. You know, you're you're volunteering to have a honey do list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we covered. So definitely pre inspection. You can do a pre inspection though. Well, I, I, again, with permission. You know, with MLS permission. rules are are unique, and REOs are unique within MLS rules. But yeah, you need permission. They are not going to let you do any repair to an REO prior to owning it. It just mm. won't happen. Well, and then another thing that buyers need to keep in mind, I would think, is you deal with when you're dealing with homes that need a little more work, even if it looks okay. Um, there might be some issues with if you're doing an FHA loan, if you're doing a VA loan, um, even if you're doing a conventional loan, you know, it, they're not necessarily going to work with you on your lender required things because there is certain things that lenders want to see. Right. So if you're doing conventional financing, you have to take a hard look at if, if, if there's going to be issues that come up during the appraisal, right. even For- if you're cool with it. Right. First-time homebuyers have a very difficult time yeah. getting uh, REO properties. However, most lenders, including Fannie Mae, VA, and um, MGIC, and some of the others, have a window of period when a property first comes on the market that only homeowners can make the offer in the first 10 days. So oh, the first look period, yeah. Yeah, in the first look period. And generally, if it's cosmetic repairs, you're, you're good to go. Yeah. But you start getting the major repairs, uh, they really, you shouldn't really be trying to buy. Because by the time you've done inspections, appraisals, and if the deal doesn't go, and you're a first-time homebuyer, you could lose all of your down payment on, yeah. the, on the pre-portion of the lending game. So uh, it's just a little difficult. Yeah, and well, and I think that also it depends on the... The, you mentioned there's a lot of variety there. So right. different FHA lenders. FHA rehab loan yeah. quite often will work on a uh, REO. Yeah. So a, a, f- what, a 503B? Four. A yeah. F- 503B? Yeah, I think. I think and, and, then, and a K? Yeah, 403. Yeah. And then, but, but on the seller end, there's also, when I did a lot of Fannie Mae listings, if it's, owned, if it's owned by Fannie Mae, they'll they'll do repairs. Yeah. So when you're looking at an REO property, you might also want to have your agent or you ask the listing agent direct, you know, what is the protocol here? Because in some cases, the banks won't do anything and they just want to sell it as is. They're not even going to put an earthquake strap on a water heater for you. Correct. And then in other cases, if you're going to be if you're willing to be the highest and best offer and you say, well, look. I will write you a really good offer. They may but paint I need, it and put a new carpet yeah. and fix the roof. Yeah, for they you. might be like, they might <laughs> be like, look, I'm willing to pay this if you can handle these things for me. Some uh, banks are willing to do the work. A- absolutely. So it depends. Well, you know, our, our current market is, uh, as our leader calls it, a frenzy market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not a lot of negotiating in a frenzy market. <laughs> True. However, a frenzy only lasts for so long. Sure. And I suspect come uh, late. 
22, we're going to start to return to a more normal market with this increase in uh, rates and stuff. So as that happens, that will create more opportunities in the REO world. And I think one of the things is people will, well, how, there are no REOs. And that, that is actually kind of a true statement currently right now. because of all the moratoriums, the eviction moratoriums, the foreclosure moratoriums. Washington State was highly aggressive in uh, passing those for, uh, for the last two years. So we're a little behind the national trend in foreclosures. But with all the loan modifications and uh, the remediations that were going on, a lot of those people, actually statistically 54%, may end up in a, uh, in a pre-foreclosure situation and ultimately be foreclosed. So I'm predicting that in the latter part of 22, 23, and 24, there will be REO opportunities for those of you looking to build equity. Yeah, and then in the meanwhile, you know, you can reach out to Peter because you know, right now there is other types of distressed properties. There are so, short sales. So, yeah, because when people are thinking about bank-owned properties for closures, it's not like there's that many people that are sitting there going, I need to own a bank-owned home. It's more that they're looking for a deal a or deal. they're looking for a fixer. And there is estate sales. There's there's other um, other sales going on that have distressed situations. Yes. You know, always. It doesn't matter in yeah. any market. And, and any reputable, experienced REO uh, broker can help you in any of those realms. Right, right. Because and they're kind of similar in a lot of ways, really. Yeah, yeah. You, Again, you know. it's a skill set. And um, so I, I would say befriend an REO agent. Like Peter. Okay, <laughs> Peter. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, my man. I appreciate you. Um, the longest John L. Scott real estate agent, the longest, the most veteran John L. Scott real estate agent, and the most expert in this area as well. So thank you for coming on, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, you can reach out to Peter direct. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And cheers, guys.